My daughter. We need to like get into a we need to get into a good routine where we can get like the kids in bed and we can get on at like 8 45 oh, and we yeah. can catch up till nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, yeah. Cause you I'm gonna hurt ordering pizza and all kinds of shit. Oh, right. Oh, you know, I'm just like pizza and showers and you know, it's just a lot. Yeah. I got my uh, muscle, yeah. I got my muscle gun right here. Uh, <laughs> Only two more weeks and then I can start going live anytime. Yeah. Whew. Do you get a reverb for me at all? A reverb? What's that? Audio? Like? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm good. Okay. You good? I'm you using good? I'm using my speaker instead of like headphones. So. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. good. No, we are here. I had a couple of people say, "Wonder if we're here." We are here. Yeah, we just we just chatting, y'all. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't mind my curtain, y'all. My daughter is a nose. I have a nosy baby that does this right here. You should see, you should see the upstairs ones. <laughs> She literally ripped. She literally ripped the upstairs one off. Talked to him yesterday. Boom, boom, boom. Yes, we are here, y'all. We are here. We are here. The dream team, Marcy C. There you go. Yeah, we are here. Yeah, we are. Here. I mean, really, it's probably because we haven't really talked much this week. Yeah, I would like. I've been, like I said, I was. I haven't really been in the group or like just. I've been literally. I, I can overbook my one on ones because my told you my schedule got super opened up. So I've been like super overbooked, like just like. Yeah, back to back to back to back to back. I didn't want to counsel them. I like people might need help, so I'm just like, I told my wife, I was like, look, I'm not counseling these. Like, we got to work it work. Right. Did you What's get switched over to Calendly? Oh no, not yet, not yet. Uh, okay. I ain't, like I said, I, I still got, I got, I got, some stuff, I got my my logo stuff. I got to do tomorrow. It's real estate stuff. I'm I'm about to I'm about to start segueing stuff in that now. I, right. I'm, I'm gonna get a VA here soon. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I need them to do though. Do they do subtitles? On videos, I want to see if they uh, do subtitles on YouTube videos because that's what I really need them for. Like, YouTube, so, you just have to click the button. <clears throat> I know, but like, say sometimes you can click the button, but sometimes it just it'll just pop up on its own if you, if you do it in the back office. You know, you can upload your own subtitle track. You know? uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to upload your own, normally I just wait for it to process and then I click mm -hmm. add subtitles and it just adds yeah. them all for me. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, mine does like everything for the for the YouTube stuff. Yeah. And then everything you see on Instagram, Facebook, now LinkedIn, uh, yeah. is all her. Oh, yeah, link, oh, LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I didn't want to touch it, so I said, hey, can you research LinkedIn, sign up, and start a thing for us? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, that's awesome. What is going on, beautiful people? Hope you're having a beautiful day today. Beautiful, beautiful day. We just keep chatting until people put in some questions. But anyways, uh, we're excited to be on here, be able to talk to you guys. So... Um, we're trying to see if we can be on here about every every week on Wednesday from like 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Just really answer some questions, help provide some support. Uh, so we got a question in from Lisa. Uh, oh, it's for me. Raw Motivations. Does he feel a sense of relief now that he's been on his way to recovery? If both you can answer, actually. Okay. Uh, so do we feel a sense of relief now that we're on our way to recovery? I think for me, like, there's like a... I guess kind of like a slight sense of relief of knowing what's wrong, you know? Um, and, and that's also like a positive thing as far as like, you know, trying to work to get better, trying to change myself, trying to grow, trying to not be the asshole that I've been, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but there is sometimes like a, a sense of like dread of like how much work it takes on like a day-to-day -day basis of like, sometimes it would be a lot easier not to be 
aware, you know, but the aspect of like knowing and understanding everything that's going on. Um, I guess for me, it's kind of like the idea of like embrace the struggle. Like I know that there's change because I'm struggling, you know, where before life wasn't a struggle. It was easy, you know, creating chaos and destroying other people's lives, but that's not what we're here for. So yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> so, I, so I, I completely agree with that one too, though, because like what you just said about it, sometimes it was easier being unaware. I, I, I agree with that because like it's it just like you live, you were living your life. You know what I mean? It was just like you were just living your life the way it was meant to be, like the way I felt it was meant to be lived. I felt like I wasn't doing enough, but I just feel like I didn't have all this stuff going on in my head. I, I wasn't, I was right now. It feels like every big decision I'm competing against myself. It's just like, should I do this? Is this is this narcissistic or is this, is this normal? Which one should I do? You know, I'm just like right now. I just feel like I'm actively competing against myself, and like I just feel like it was when I was unaware. It's kind of it's kind of like my life was on copilot. When I look back at my life, I was there. I was coherent, but it's just oh, like, yeah, was that me? I was just like that. That was me. I was there. I remember doing that. I remember being present in that moment, but when you look back at it, you're just like, was that really me doing that? And it's kind of like some some of the stuff, some of the bad stuff you do kind of takes you back. You know, the shame, the shame kind of builds up and it, it sucks. That shame sucks. You're like, shake it off, you know, shake it off and keep it moving and whatnot. You know, right. so. <clears throat> yeah, no, absolutely. Sarah, Sarah mentioned something too. I don't know where she's come from, but I agree. I never saw an issue with my behavior until I tried to fix it. You know, once you once you see the behavior, then it's a whole nother ballgame trying to figure it out and fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connie says, how do I get my ex with NPD to protect our children from his mother-in-law? Or is it hopeless? The, the hard thing is, like, that's kind of like asking, like, a, a narcissist who doesn't really do boundaries to put a boundary with someone else in his life. And so a lot of times, depending on how that dynamic is, if he can't see or identify that maybe the mother-in-law is toxic, there's really not going to be a good option for him to be able to come alongside and actually do that. You know, if the, if he's in a family where the mom or the dad's narcissistic, then it's probably even going to be worse or like harder to get to that point. So you said, how do I get my ex with MPD to protect our children from his mother-in-law? Mm-hmm. Oh, so does the mother-in-law have MPD too, or just the ex? Yeah, so especially there it says like the ex, but like I'm guessing maybe the mother-in-law has, or maybe the mother-in-law is a certain way. Yeah, I mean, so if you protect your children, it's kind of tough right there. I just feel like it. So it's gonna sound like it's unfair, but I feel like you have to work harder on your end mm-hmm. to reassure that your kids are getting enough validation, love, and affection on your end, and make sure that they don't, you know, they don't feel neglected by the other parent or by the other. You know, grandparents and whatnot. I just feel like there you go, right there. <clears throat> His mother-in-law is verbally abu- abusive. Hmm. Okay, I, say, I think I saw her put a comment in there. The mother-in-law is verbally abusive. Okay, I got you. I was just a little confused by that one. Look at Tony Banks about the second chance. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get better at like firing these fast. Under what circumstances do you give a narcissist a second chance? Uh, for me, how I've always said it is when you're seeing honest vulnerability and consistent change, you have to see consistency to actually know that it's going to happen. And, uh, well, I guess another one is like, uh, all, all cards have to be off the table. Like, you know, it'd be the idea of like, you're going to give them a second chance if there's no chance of the relationship and they're still going to work on themselves. 
it has to it has to come from them, not for an alternative motive or alternative reason. Mm-hmm. So my my you know my saying is always consistent changed behavior, and I always say take like so. I would say take the relationship off the table. If that person wants to go to therapy or get help before they come back, take the relationship off the table. Test them. Say no. Say no to them. If you say no to them, you you learn more from saying no to people than you do by saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Say no to them. Set your boundaries and see how they react. That, that reaction will tell you if they're genuine or not. Uh, I don't really think this is going to work out with, with a second chance. See what they say. Rawr. They might go rawr. I don't, you don't deserve everything, you know. You might see who they really are by saying no to them. Yeah. Hey, Katie, good to see you. Um, do you have a solid couple one-liner responses for a narc that wants to continue to attack and accuse and remind me that it is really all my fault? So I guess like a response to kind of like shut them up or a response to stop them in one sense? Well, so I always say use discretion right here. Use discretion, but I just agree with everything. Cool, yep. Mm-hmm. But I, you, people are dangerous as hell. But if they're if they're continuously attacking you and stuff like that, they might put their hands on you. And get very very dangerous. So I was just like, if you cannot remove yourself from the situation or remove yourself from the space that, that they're in, just agree with them or just don't engage with them. Just mm-hmm. a kind of gray rock in one sense. Yeah, just kind of gray rock on the, in a the moment. But or just you know, like I said, you don't want to set them off if they're a dangerous person. They put their hands on you before. Like it's just kind of it, it's kind of touchy feely right there. You don't want to just. You know, just, mm-hmm, yep, super, super duper, and they hit you in the mouth. You just want to kind of, you know, play it by ear. You know the person better than we know the person, but if you're going to remain in it, your your reactions are your power in situations like that. You just kind of dictate how you, you know, let your reactions guide you, but just don't, what did uh, your boy say, uh, Richard Granny? I think he said, uh, observe, don't absorb. You know, listen, just listen to them. Don't, don't absorb what they're saying because they're trying to hurt your feelings. Just mm-hmm. observe them and see who see them for who they really are. In those moments of anger and rage, when they're saying the most, the worst, the most, the, the vitriol, the hatred, the anger, come, and they're just growling at you, that's who they really are. Don't take it in. Don't don't absorb it. They don't. They they mean it, but it doesn't make it true. They're trying to hurt you. They're trying to damage you, but don't take it in. Just see see who see them for who they really are in this moment, and decide whether or not you want to continue on this process in this relationship dynamic or whatnot. You know. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, just jumping on real quick here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard of it, Anchor is through Spotify. It's one of the easiest ways just to be able to produce a podcast. It's got everything you need in just one place. So Anchor has the tools. It allows you to record, edit, do everything you need to make a podcast right from your phone or your computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcasts on different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many different more. It's an awesome tool. I love using it. I've been using it for a little bit now. And the cool thing about it is it's absolutely free. So if you're interested in starting up a podcast, if you're interested in getting involved in podcast work, then download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, Jana puts up in here about the idea of supply. So now publicly with your experiences, getting feedback, interactions, et cetera, could be a different form of supply, although it's positive. So if what you're doing now so like there's there's an aspect like for me as far as like narcissistic supply like social media is not the fix for that you know a lot of my supply in relationships was actual like relationships was uh for me in my story was the affairs was the different affairs that i had um stepping out of my marriage and being with a person for six months a year you know that kind of a thing and so like that was like my biggest form of supply so online is not equivalent for me 
um is not necessarily like addictive or anything like that either it's more or less i think there's an idea of like being fulfilled in an aspect of being able to work with people and see like the light bulb click on or be able to work with people and be able to see them succeed i think that's something that's really cool i i feel like that's my supply right there i i what you, what you just said at the end i love to see people win because i help them you know i i love that it's just like hey Lee Hammock helped me win. I'm just like, oh, I love it. You know what I mean? I just like, and people, just, a lot of people see that as disingenuous. They're just like, well, Lee Hammock's a narcissist and he's helping people. So don't give him supply. When I'm literally saying I like helping people win, it's kind of backwards to, to go against me, you know? But I really, really like helping people win. That's my, that's my power. That is my supply. I, I get good, I get validation and it lets me know I'm on the right path. When people comment and say, "Hey Lee, you you saved my life. Hey Lee, you helped mm-hmm. me do this. Hey Lee, you helped me progress, and you know you helped me see the light." I yeah, I'm telling you, I love it. I love, I, I just love it. I do love that. You know, it it makes it it makes all this worth doing for me. You know, right. no, absolutely. Uh, D Rock asks, "Why does the narcissist want you to respect their boundaries, but don't respect you at all?" The, I feel like the double standards of a narcissistic relationship, though, right there. You don't get to do what they get to do. You ju- you just don't like what they say does not apply to them. <laughs> you know the rules that they say do not apply to them. It's like it's like the the king of uh, you know of, of their jurisdiction. Like the rulings that I make, the law the laws don't apply to me. They just apply to you. So yes, you need, you need to respect what I say in my boundaries. But again. The rules don't apply to me, so I don't need to do the same thing to you. There's no equitable. It's not an equitable equ- equitable relationship with a narcissistic person. Yeah, right. It's kind of like the idea of like control. Is like the narcissist wants to be control of everything, so they want to be control of themselves to do whatever they want, and then control other people to limit, you know, what they do. And so it's almost like the idea of like they they put a you know, controlling aspect of boundary on someone else, but they don't really care about what happens to themselves because they're already in control of themselves, supposedly. Yeah. Control does play a huge part in it, though. It really, really does. Um, Haley asks, do they always come back even after walking away from a four-year relationship? I think it's hard to say. Like, um, we've had people that have come back, you know, six months, a year, two years, five years later kind of thing. So the the goal with that is uh, making sure you block so that they can't come back and then also working on yourself so that if they ever do, you're prepared to look at them and be like, I'm not even attracted. Like, there's nothing there anymore because of the fact that I know who you are. My personal longest Hoover was like six, seven years. So I'm not saying that they all will do that, but I did, you know, I literally did that for six, seven years. I, I then I planned it out too. So it's just kind of like again, that's a, my mind goes to a little different level sometimes of anger. <clears throat> but that's how I motivate myself through anger. I'm just an angry, I'm like the whole like literally, I'm always angry, you know. <laughs> like literally right. always bad. Uh did either one of you have neglectful or abusive parents as children? Um so me, my mom was a single mom, did everything she could. You know, my dad, he was in the picture, but he was like the most present absentee father you could be. Like he was there, but like he lived with my grandma. So my it's like we go to grandma's house to see him. And mm-hmm. he was there, but he wasn't like actively parent, he parented. He was like making other babies. 
you know, in doing stuff like that. So, yeah, he was super neglectful. And that's the person whose love and stuff I sought out, but I never got, you know, that's the person right. who, you know, that's who I was aching to get approval from. He's like, I'm proud of you. Hey, you did. You done your thing. Never got that. And it built, it built a huge complex in me that nothing I do say would be enough for anybody. So that's where mine kind of came from. That's where my mom, yeah, she gets on my nerves here and there because, you know, one of the worst, they say one of the worst things you can do as an adult is to get to know your parents <laughs> as, as grownups. You know, you see it like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it can get a little wild right there. Yeah. Now I'd say, I'd say like with, with mine, it wasn't necessarily like uh, abusive or like neglectful as far as like not being there. Both, both my parents were present, but um, we were also like very busy in like the form of life that we were in. So there was just a lot of time that was devoted to the aspect of like work. And for us, it was the aspect of like ministry and like how that focus was on like a day-to-day basis kind of thing. Um, Sarah put in, I feel like I might be a narcissist, but I'm not sure if I'm confusing myself for being toxic. How can you tell the difference if someone's toxic or a narcissist? So, so you see in, my, in most of my videos, I always say narcissist or toxic person because not every toxic person is a narcissist and not every narcissist don't, don't crucify me y'all. But like literally not every narcissist is a toxic person, you know? So I kind of, I, I kind of, kind of, I separate the two here and there, you know, but toxic, you know, a lot of narcissistic people, most of them have toxic behaviors they've developed you know, over time, but it does, you know, but a lot of toxic people look like narcissists, but like, if you, I feel like the difference doesn't matter. Are you willing to to go get help and to alter your behaviors? That's really the, all that matters to me. You know, a lot of people are just like they're not they've not been diagnosed as a narcissist. They're just really toxic. Like, what can I do to save them? Or what, what can I do to help them? I like the diagnosis doesn't matter. The title doesn't matter. It's always the behaviors that matter. And are, are they willing to alter those behaviors long term consistently and get help? Or are they just like, I'm going to be me. I'm good being me. You have to deal with me. To me, that's what matters right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know people are gonna get mad like Lee Hammock said, no, 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 no. here's another here's another narcissist in the chat. So Ed said, good to see he said he's a covert narcissist in therapy and becoming self-aware. Oh, I actually love that right there. Co- awesome. Oh, covert. Yeah, people people think I'm like they're like Lee, what are you? So so I haven't watched any of Sam Backman's videos yet. I feel like I need to sooner or later, but like they say you can you can alternate between being a covert or an overt narcissist, depending on your situation and depending on your environment. I feel like I alternate between the two. I'm more covert to, when I don't know people and the situation is uncomfortable. But like when I get in a certain situation where I'm expected to be there or like I'm the center of attention, then I'm more overt. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm loud, boisterous, that, that type of stuff right there. I feel right. like I alternate. I alternate. Because I, I see Jana Copeland ask that exact question I just answered. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if a narcissist isn't self-aware, do they realize what they're doing, lying, lack of respect, and not care, or do they just not understand? That would be the, like the idea. If they didn't understand, then you would see that behavior shown everywhere, all the time. And I think there's an aspect that like there's some level of the narcissistic mindset that understands that sometimes what they're doing is wrong. Otherwise, why would they lie? 
you know, why would they hide it? Why would they, you know, do several different things like that? You know, you see them rage out to one person, but then they never rage out to all these other people, making that one person feel like they're like the crazy person for how they interact with them. So there's an aspect, uh, I think Lee said before, that he thinks like the majority of narcissists are self-aware. Um, they're just choosing not to, you know, acknowledge like what they're doing, but like they know what they're doing. Otherwise they wouldn't change around different people. Yeah, so yeah, that's why I say I do feel like most narcissists, the people are self-aware that they're doing wrong. That's why they try to hide it. You know what I mean? That's why they don't want you to go public with what they're doing to you or your experiences and things like that. And with them being self-aware, knowing the difference between right and wrong, it kind of lends to the fact that they some of them don't care. You know, I know a lot of people don't understand it, but some of them don't care. And some of them don't understand. Like, a lot of narcissists don't understand your feelings. It's like, eh. And they don't want to hear it. So they kind of shut you down. You know, we try to express your feelings to them. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, she asked here, what are your thoughts on filing your police report when they become violent or raging, knowing this will enrage them even more? I'm filed that. Of course, I always say use discretion and protect yourself. The Second Amendment exists for a reason. So please, you know, I don't know what state you're in, what country you're in use that you know get get you one of those things that go bang bang and protect yourself because sometimes you might have to, it's either sometimes it gets to the point where it's either you or them and if you're too nice and you're too empathetic it's going to be you do you want are you willing to sacrifice yourself for this person because you love them so much you know and their whole thing knowing this will enrage them that's the point right there they want you to be scared to do it yeah Either way, they're going to be. I feel like either way, they're going to be mad. You you said enrage them even more, so they're either way they're going to be mad already. So right. do what protects you. It's kind of like damn. I'm damned if I do it. I'm damned if I don't. Do the damned that makes you feel the most secure. <laughs> you know, if you're going to yeah, do, do pick, pick the choice that makes you feel most secure, and always, always use discretion to protect yourself. You know. No, absolutely. So thanks so much. Appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> Narc X has recently been trying to contact the girl he abused before me and myself, although previously no contact. She recently warned him she'd file a report. Is this an effective option? I mean, yeah, it could be a good option to be able to try to help with that. I, that's, I, we kind of touched on that just a little bit here. But yeah, like it's, it's really like being careful, like making sure you're not putting yourself in more danger, but then you do need to set boundaries and sometimes that's the only way you can set a boundary is through through that system yeah i, I agree with that i just i, I feel like you yeah, like just tackled that one completely <laughs> yeah someone said um mpd is the strongest genetic predisposition of any personality disorders do either of you have npd in your family grandparents or parents i think i think my i think my parents have a little bit of like narcissistic traits or tendencies um but i wouldn't i wouldn't call either my parents like narcissists or like full-blown or anything like that so i feel like my dad is super emotionally unavailable is he a narcissist i i don't talk to him enough or be around him enough to, to know that to, to to tell that but i know there's some some a history of mental illness in my family because my grandpa unalived himself when my dad was like seven or eight years old, he went to the bathroom at five thirty in the morning and, and put a gun in his mouth. So, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure my dad found him. So, traumatizing. So you you pass that down, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I think you kind of answered this yeah, about kind of flipping back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can hear my daughter crying through the floor. Lord. Can you explain why narcissists are so attracted by gifted person? I guess maybe someone who's like has a lot of emotion or empathy or like they they see the good in the other person. Maybe you can see that. I feel like I got to rephrase them. I, I don't want to. I feel like this whole kind of open ended right there. I just they they could be a long winded answer right there. <laughs> I just I also feel like in this situation right there, I just feel like. I feel like physical attraction plays a role in, you know, just the relationship. First of all, mm-hmm. who you, who you, and who you are personality wise, you know, that determines where it goes. Y'all get, you have a physical attraction for, especially in online dating, the physical attraction comes first. And then mm-hmm. whoever you are determines what a relationship go. If you're an empath or you're gifted and you, you know, a highly sensitive person and you end up with a narcissist, you're going to typically you're going to lose that battle if you don't get out. If you have weak boundaries and things like that, but if you if you're a person with strong boundaries, you, you know it doesn't go that far. So, right. that. this one I realized that my ex is a narcissist and she just left me two months ago. No contact of seventeen years. Boof. It's no contact of like two weeks ago. I realized that my ex is a narcissist. She left me two months ago. No contact. I think after 17 years, I was 18 and she was 19. She goes to me. Where do I start? So 17 you years. They're together for 17 years? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking right there. Ooh. Okay. Woo. Yeah. That's a lot right there. I said I I would just say it's time to it's time to go see a therapist, honestly. You know, a trauma yeah. therapy. Because that right there, that disconnect right there, that ghosting, that's what I feel like you start with the therapist right there. Yeah. Because right there, it's just Mad. Yeah, I'd recommend like especially like that that type of trauma like EMDR. It's a really good one for some trauma. Uh, this kind of like along the same lines with like Stephanie. How do you know if you need therapy to get over a narcissist? Um, if you're with a narcissist, then I typically say you need therapy. <laughs> I feel like I feel like at the end you kind of answered your own question when she said this is not easy. That's mm-hmm. when you know right there. If it's not, yeah. of course, it's not gonna be easy. When you have kids, and you you thought this is the you thought this is the person you're gonna, you're gonna spend the rest of your life with. Of course, it's not easy based on that. But yeah, yeah, I feel like when you get out of a narcissistic relationship, with a lot of gaslighting, a lot of manipulation. Yeah, it, it, go see a therapist to sit down and talk to them. You know, help you work through that and get to the point where you want to be. You know? mm-hmm. Uh, do we believe older people can turn into narcissists? Can modern society, social media, and dating apps turn people into narcissists? Uh, narcissists, from all the research and people that have um, been working on it, have, have narrowed down that it's developed early on in childhood, and then it isn't fully developed out of, you know, the emotions, the how they process and things like that haven't been fully developed, you know, leaving the the ages of three, four, five, six, all the way up until like 13. And so uh, the narcissistic traits carry on into adulthood. So you typically don't find someone who's, let's say, quote unquote, been an empath, you know, the majority of the life, and then they have a, a bad experience or they get, you know, super high on all their social media stuff, and all of a sudden turns into a narcissist. It doesn't, from what we've read and researched and understood from other people, research it doesn't really work that way yeah that's I, I would agree with that i just feel like it starts off early on 
it may something something might trigger it later on, I guess. But like I feel like it starts off it starts off early on. Mm-hmm. Sarah said, I feel like you guys describing your childhoods disproves the theory that narcissists had it worse than empaths, and that's why narcissists choose the dark route. Oh, I feel like I gave you the 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 um the cliff notes of my childhood because this is a long, dark story. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, the cliff notes don't sound as bad, but the real story, when you get deeper into it, but you know, the physical stuff and the mental stuff, yeah, it gets it gets a lot worse, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I just I give you the cliff notes. Yeah. Mine I don't remember all of it. So like mine there's a lot of blanks. What's your what's your earliest memory? What's your earliest memory? I was uh-huh. I was I was I so this is my I feel like my life started when I was like 7 or 8 years old. I feel like I woke mm-hmm. up I woke up on my I feel like I woke up on my birthday. When I was like seven, it was seven or eight. I woke, I woke up on my birthday. I was just like, I feel like literally, I was born at eight years old. I was just like, right. And I've been going since then. I just like, I feel like I knew, I knew my family and stuff like that. But I just feel like I had to learn so much more about life. It's like something that my therapist said something, something I have not repressed that kind of blocked mm-hmm. out, you know. But my earliest memory started at seven or eight years old. You know, it's literally like I woke up and started living at eight. <laughs> you know yeah, it's great because i know like some people that they like remember stuff when they were like one two or three and i'm just like i don't even like that doesn't even like make sense in my head like that that concept is doesn't even make sense yeah. you know i, yeah, I think probably like the one of the freakiest things like working with like therapy was trying to like get back to some of like the past and like when she was asking me one time she was like asking me about like memories and stuff like that and she was like Can you think of like an image and i was like okay and she was like what is it and it took me a while to even find one, but like of like an image of my past. But then I was like, I don't know if that image that I'm thinking is from my own memories, is from other people telling me, or is from a photo in a photo album. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to put around it that actually like links it to me. Yeah, it's weird. I, I think so. You say that I think a lot of my memories come from photographs. Mm-hmm. You know, old photographs of me standing downtown in Reedsville, North Carolina. With like a little dandelion in my hand. I was like, how the hell I end up there? You know, just like <laughs> it's just right. weird how you just said that. Yeah, but like I don't have it. Like I said, my my mind is like completely blank before then. There's there's a blockage there. You know, it's fr- it's fr- it's kind of frustrating, but like, you know, I feel like it's there for a reason. My my brain is trying to protect me from something, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. If you wrong a narcissist, will they try to even and will they eventually stop if they do? So if they're trying to give it, will they eventually stop? I mean, a lot of times they won't. They'll get so obsessed in in writing that wrong and getting revenge and getting back at you. Um, and it also depends. Some some get some get even, some go smear campaigns, some do like you know, some some go away, you know, but that's very, very few. So you want to plan on them, you know, trying to trying to get even, trying to get back, because a lot of times that is the mindset. I'm a I'm I'm a vengeance seeker. If you wrong me sooner or later. I'm going to get you back. It might be years later. It's coming though. You know, it might not be as as crazy as you think it is. It might not be the, the anything life altering, but it's coming sooner or later. You know, but I plan a lot of stuff though. I saw somebody ask was I, yeah. I was I was gonna say I saw somebody ask that question right there. So I've been diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, but I do have a lot of sociopathic traits. So the, I think the deeper I go into therapy and the more I talk to my therapist, she might you know. Diagnosed as a sociopath, we'll, we'll see. But the self-aware sociopath doesn't sound good as a self-aware narcissist. So yeah, I'll, I'll do it. 
<laughs> I think I think for me, because of like narcissism being like on a scale in one sense, I think for me, like the cognitive and the analytical side of me, like lets me like at times like step into the sociopath world. Mm-hmm. Like where I can look, I can look at something, I can see something. I'm like, logically, if I do this, this, and this, that outcome makes sense. You know, it might be like a horrible outcome, but I'm like, that outcome makes sense. Now, am I going to act upon it? Am I going to do it? No. But like in that moment, you know, I could be like, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> I feel like I feel that way a lot of times when I'm watching movies and some some brutal stuff that happen. And I was just like, I was doing the same thing. My wife was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I, I, I would say I would have done the same thing. I, I'm not going to do that. You know, just right, right. <laughs> I get it. I'm not going to do it, though. <laughs> uh, Sarah asked again, uh, what are some examples of narcissists versus having narcissistic tendencies? I think in one sense, like, everybody has, like, tendencies at times, you know? Everybody has a little bit of narcissism in them in one sense. I think the the difference is that consistency. I mean, really, it's consistency for change, but it's also consistency of still being one, you know? It's the idea of, like, how they're still lying, manipulating, acting, you know, versus it being, like, hit or miss kind of a thing yep so i i feel that same way right there i, I just feel like all it's, like, it's kind of like all narcissists have narcissistic tendencies but not all people who have narcissistic tendencies are actually narcissists you know because everybody has narcissistic tendencies for you know just for survival just for defense you know just for preservation it's when you it's when those 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 traits lend towards hurting other people or becoming completely self-serving to the detriment of other people, that's when you start to become like the narcissistic side right there. We're just kind of like me first. I don't care how you feel unless, as long as I'm getting, as long as I'm happy, you know, mm-hmm. I just feel like a lot of self-serving goes into that right there. Yeah. In that thought process. <clears throat> so I did a, I did a video on the other day and they're asking about it. I did a short video that the narcissist, I said that the narcissist isn't codependent like on their partner. And he said, This person says, if a narcissist can't be alone, then aren't they codependent to each person that they are with? Uh, I I think the difference is like the definition of like codependent um, is is not the same as what we're talking about, about a narcissist wanting to be with someone or not wanting to be alone. It's not the fact that they have to be with that person or with a certain person. It's the idea that they have to keep their image intact and they have to keep supply. So that doesn't mean that they're codependent on one person. It just means that there's a whole world out there of supply and they're just sucking the life out of whoever can swing by. Yeah. So I I would agree with that too, though, because like I said, codependency, like I'm not super, it it doesn't get it from whoever, you know, it doesn't have to come from this one particular person. You know what I mean? It can come from whoever. That's why a lot of narcissistic people can't be alone. You know, I just like, you know, I said the same thing though. I, I just did a long video on that though. If a narcissist can't be alone, I like I don't like to be alone. Like, and I feel like on my on my journey of self-discovery and self-awareness, I feel like being alone actually helped me for a little while. My wife left. And yes, could I move on quickly and go find somebody else? Did I want to do that? Yes. I was like, I can't be alone in this house because the walls are echoing. My thoughts are neg- like negative my negative thoughts are bouncing off the wall and hitting me back. You know, I was like, uh-huh. I'm gonna go crazy, but I just knew. I knew in that moment, I was just like, I have to face this. I literally have to face. Like, if I'm really on a journey of self-discovery, I have to face this. 
you know, being alone. I threw like I, I, I did some crazy. I, would throw, I threw my mattress. I would live. I was sleeping on the air mattress, but <laughs> you know, I throw my king size bed. I put I put the mattress in the back of the Prius and threw them on the side of the highway. I was just like doing crazy stuff. I was like I was spazzing out. <laughs> yeah, good good times. <laughs> I feel like I feel like being alone for sure like activates like different stuff for me. Like part of it was like being alone, like whenever Kayla left. But then another part of it was being without supply. Mm-hmm. because there's like a, almost like a almost like a change or a point where like Kayla wasn't that supply for a while you know and supply was other other people and then breaking the cycle of there not being supply because all, all the like the the cycle the cyclical aspect of you know new supply new supply new supply well like that was like how it was like in my marriage like Kayla was there but then there was new supply new supply new supply so like the fact of like going so long like without new supply, you know, like even, even my therapist the other day, you know, like asked me, she was like, how long, how long has it been that you didn't have a supply? Like, like when was the last time you can remember not having someone? And I was like, honestly, like, I can't, like, I don't remember when that wasn't a constant and like being able to tell her and us like, look at like how many days it's been, how many months, how many, whatever now though, being without that supply and being like, Oh, like, there is some progress there because it's not happening. You know, that's the goal, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I agree with that though. Honestly, I just like the aloneness, like I said, my battle was like, I wanted to face, I wanted to face the aloneness, you know, I was just like, I need to do this. It's like, again, I challenged myself to weird stuff. I was like, I'm going to be by myself for a little while. It's going to hurt. It's going to be annoying. But you know, I had to. I actually had to because my wife was still friends with me on Facebook and stuff like that. I had to. I had to mute her profile and I didn't block her or remove her. I had to kind of silence her stuff because if I saw it, it would set me off. I was just like, just you know, be right. you. And I read. I started reading the Bible too, y'all. So the Bible helped. Um, Deborah says, "How how long healing over the length of time you spent with a narc? Like eighteen years, got twenty years to heal mess." Uh, maybe yeah. if there's like a ratio, like if you're with the narc, like a year, then it takes two years to heal or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I think a lot of times with healing, like especially with like the people that I talk to on like one on ones or like working with people through like different scenarios, like people people heal like two things. People heal at completely different rates, and so comparing one to another doesn't work. And then people, and then the second thing is people heal as fast as the work that they put in. Mm-hmm. so like i've seen some people they're like i just want to heal i just want to heal but they're unwilling to get vulnerable about who they are and what they're struggling with those are the people that take like the slowest to heal and then the people are like hey like i'm broken i don't know what to do like i'm like okay let's work on this and like we start setting up a plan and you see that healing when they start implementing systems like every single day those are the people that like see substantial change really fast because they put in the work and yeah, just to add on what you said, healing is not linear, y'all. And comparison is the thief of joy. If you compare your your healing journey to somebody else's that's ahead of you, you'll think you're not. You like it's like, oh my goodness, they they've been out six months, and I've been out six months, and they they are already found love, and I'm sitting here still in the trauma bond, and like maybe I deserve to be with this person. You go back. Don't compare mm-hmm. your relationships. Don't compare your healing journey to somebody else's because like I said, it's not linear. Yours is going to go up, down, up, down, back, forth. You can make it just stay to stay the course, stay on the journey, stay on the beat, stay on the path, you know? 
trying to catch up. These comments are maybe <laughs> coming in. Uh, there's there's a there's a good one. If someone stabbed your loved one, would you feel empathy? Uh, <laughs> I, I think the I, I don't think I would feel empathy. The first I think the first thing I was, was I would seek vengeance and anger. I feel like anger would be the first thing to come up. You know, I just I don't know. I just feel like when I feel empathy, if like if they stabbed them right beside, I just feel like what what are the circumstances right there? Am I not around? Do I get a phone call? Just like hey, your brother just got stabbed. Who did it? You know, that's what I feel like. First of all, yeah. is he okay? Okay, who did it? That's how it goes. Like, if he's okay, right. then it goes to who did it. If he's not okay, it also goes to who did it. Like, who did it is the second question. You know, right. I seek, again, I'll tell you, I seek vengeance. Vengeance is, you know. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, what is your guys' advice to deal with the narcissist tries to blame you and tell you you're the narcissist? I feel like I question myself now every day that I'm the bad one. Mm. you're the narcissist uh, you're the narcissist so I feel like how did that word get brought up into the house I, I just feel like if you said it first you kind of opened the door for this for this retaliation right here that's why that's why people tell you when you find out about narcissism the first thing you don't want to do is go tell your partner that you think is a narcissist hey look I just saw raw motivations on TikTok and I think you might be a narcissist huh no, actually, I watched I watch a couple of his videos and you're actually the narcissist. You set yourself up right there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I'm telling you, like narcissist TikTok, narcissist Instagram, YouTube, whatever, is like the fight club. You don't tell people about the fight club. You know, you you, you learn, you have fun in the fight club and you use it to your advantage. You, like, I just feel like telling somebody they might be a narcissist, if they are, if they, and then they turn around and try to gaslight you into being a narcissist, that shows you that they're not putting, willing to put the work in. So are you willing right. to put the work in? Are you willing to change your behaviors if you are the narcissist? Answer those questions right there. I feel like that'll help you on your journey of, again, self-discovery of empath or narcissist. Yeah, very sure. So was that my ex-narcissist? I cannot talk. My ex-narcissist <laughs> would constantly put himself down saying he was a loser, monster, broken, etc. Is he doing that because he believed it or is it just manipulation for me to feel sorry for him? So that's called self-deprecation right there and that's manipulation. I was like, I read it. You had like a smirk of like, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> it's super self. That's super self-deprecating, right? There. It's just like, I'm sorry, I'm not good enough for you. I'm sorry, I'm such a, I'm such a bad person. I'm like, sorry. Oh, I'm no, you are. Yeah. So yeah, you agree. With because if you look, because right here, if I, say, if I say I'm sorry, I'm such a monster, and you don't agree with me, then you automatically agree with the opposite. So if I say I'm sorry, I'm such a monster, and you if you say no, 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 you're not a monster, then you just said I'm not a monster. So, mm-hmm. so I'm no longer a monster. So you can't bring it up. You just said it, right? You just said I wasn't a monster. I tried to admit to it. You said no, you're not a monster. So now you got it. Now you lose. Self self deprecation, putting themselves down is a is a, a backhanded way of trying to seek validation from you. You know, mm-hmm. don't fall for it. Agree. Like yes, you are a monster. <laughs> you know, agree with right. it. like being like being just said like you know agree with it. It's like yeah, you are you you're that, you are that monster. You know. Agree with them. That's what I do. I always agree. Yeah. But like I said, always, I always say, always, always, always use discretion, y'all. Because some of these people are crazy as hell and violent. You know, you never know what people are going to do when they back into a corner where they or, mm-hmm. or the threat of leaving, losing you is put onto the table. So always, 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 y'all 
use discretion against some of these crazy. Some of these people are crazy. I'm just telling you. I'm am I one of them? No, I'm not, I'm not that level crazy. But you know, some people are just like right. You know, get violent. Uh, this person said, "Insight you provide from the side of the narc is valuable, but everything feels like high alert." Does your wife ever speak at length about her journey to regain confidence in her reality? So my wife spoke a little bit on, I think we did like one live together. Um, I know Lee's wife has been on a couple times on, on lives. Those are on your YouTube and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know there's a couple aspects there. My wife opened up her schedule. She doesn't have much, but she did open up her schedule a little bit. Um, if you go to rawmotivations.com, that she has a couple couple times available where she does meet with people. Um, and a lot of times that is like trying to share about her journey and also like try to be able to help encourage people of how they're growing, how they're changing, how they're either getting out of it or how they're healing after it. That's kind of like the area that she kind of talks to people about. This one popped back up because it was going back in the codependency. If you can't be alone, then you're codependent on everything. What is your definition of codependency? So I like looked up codependency just so we could get like a definition just to see. Then it says codependency definition, excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically the typically one who requires support on account of an illness or an addiction. Hmm. I feel like that's kind of on the spot, right? I need to think on that one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so it's not like. It's not like you're relying on them for emotional needs. So I just like when narcissistic supply is, is it emotional needs? I just, I just, I just, I don't know. I just always feel like what type of validation are you seeking from somebody else? You know, is it emotional validation? I feel like it could be physical validation too, though. You know, it just, I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a, it's a longer video right there. Just like, they has my mind turning. I need, I have to do more research y'all. Yeah, if you throw in the or psychological reliance on a partner. Yeah. Like are you relying I guess I guess in one sense, are you relying on that partner for validation? Yeah, man. You're codependent on everything. What is your definition of codependency? Okay. Yeah, I I'll come back to that one, y'all. I was just like, yeah, I I might have to do a longer video on that one. That's a good question. Um, let's see. I like I like I like when the mind gets the wondering. I like I like when people make me make me think. <laughs> Uh, how do I get a narc to stay away when you have kids and grandkids involved? Uh, so a lot of times, like to stay away, I mean, it depends on your situation. If you're divorced and everything, and there's no tie there, then you can, you know, block, go no contact. If it's stuff with like having to switch kids, things like that, you know, that's a whole other ball game of trying to go no contact or the best you can uh, to be able to go that way. But as far as like getting them to stay away, you know, the only way that you can get them to stay away is to go no go, go no contact. If it's somewhere where they're dangerous, you know, that's when people start taking out like restraining orders, protective orders, things like that. Yeah. So I, I would agree on like everything you just said. Though. I just feel like kids are kids and grandkids are always going to be the 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 you know the end for a narcissistic person. They just are. That's though that's just leverage forever. So that's, that's what I said when you're dealing with narcissists and toxic people. You know, the kids could be could always you know be used as leverage for some mm-hmm. reason. There's there's um Sarah she had a comment I think earlier, but um uh, she was with a self aware sociopath. 
But uh, I think the key right there is like he admitted it, but he never did apologize. Kind of gives that idea of like there's people out there that are self-aware. They just don't care. Yeah. So he said he was diagnosed after we got divorced and he admitted it along with doing his step for AA. So he admitted it, but never did apologize. What, I mean, what kind of apology were you expecting? You know, I just feel like just because you become a self-aware doesn't mean you apologize. Because like I haven't went back and apologize like i think this is one of the main questions we get on on tiktok and social on all the social media it's like have you ever went back and apologized to your victim i just feel like you know i think i watched a video the other day on that i just like if that person is still constantly and currently in my life yeah i try to sit down and have a conversation with them about what i've been through and you know try to genuinely apologize and show them that show that person i'm going to be better but somebody from 15 20 years ago it just seems like you know that person could be healed and on a journey of self-development of themselves and then you know Lee Hammock reaches out and is like, hey, I just want to apologize. For us. It re-triggers that person. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems like you know, too little, too late. And I just feel like my apology to that person and to the world is just trying to help as many people as possible. You know, that's, how, that's, that's how I feel about going forward and things like that. Yeah, I know I had some people comment on that video being like they would they would absolutely not like it if the, the ex-narcissist reached out to them to apologize because yeah. of the, the healing that they've been working on without having that person in their lives. Yeah. So I've been with the narcissist for six years. He discarded me after I kicked him out last month because I wanted him to change. Then he ran and filed for divorce. Why is he contacting me now? That's it, kind of like the, the you didn't you didn't break up with me. I break up with you. You know, because mm-hmm. you said you kicked him out, but he discarded you. So how does that work right there? You know, did you kick him out under the guise that he was it like a kick out with conditions? Like you can go, you can only come back if you change. You know what I mean? Because that right there. He's just like, you know what? I'm not changing anything. Take me for what I am and file for divorce. But he's contacting you now, which shows you that he didn't really want to file for divorce. I feel like when you kicked him out, you kind of forced his hand. You know, yeah. he's like, well, I'm going to file for you. going to kick me out. Well, I'm going to take it to the next level. I'm going to one up you. I'm going to file for a divorce. But now he's contacting you because he doesn't really want to get divorced. But also probably doesn't want to put the work in. Either. Just you have to, if you want to take him back, you don't have to accept him for who he is. You know? Yeah, there you go. There you go, right there. That's 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 my answer. <laughs> Trying to catch up. Uh, did your question get skipped because you haven't donated? Nobody's donated today, and I don't know. I don't see your question, so I'm sorry if I've missed it. I'm only one person trying to keep track of hundreds of comments. Yeah, I saw somebody say, "Like, look at." This. I think somebody said that they were really smart. I thought somebody. I'm really smart. Oh yeah, that was Sarah. I was gonna respond to that because uh, that was in follow up with the one that she just yeah. put. She's but I'm actually really smart, not to be snotty, but anyway, it still confounds me on how he managed to brainwash me. Well, I mean. Yeah, it, it makes sense. And a lot of people struggle with that uh, after the fact, you know, like I'm, I'm smarter than this. Like I should have known. And the thing is like, you have to give yourself grace and you have to actually take a step back and be like, you know, sometimes I was just talking to somebody uh, two days ago on like a one-on-one and like, they were like, you know, how could I be so stupid to stay with this person so long? And I'm like, the knowledge you have right now, this moment, the knowledge that you have right now did you have this knowledge about narcissists, sociopath, toxic people? Did you have this knowledge two years ago? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. Like, did you know everything about the narcissist that you know about now? Did you know about red flags? Did you know about lying, gaslighting, manipulating, all this stuff? Did you know about that stuff? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then why are you holding yourself to that standard two years ago? 
because you didn't have the education, didn't have the knowledge of that. And so in, in reality, it doesn't matter how smart, how, how, it, what your level of whatever is like, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It really, what it comes down to is you got played by someone who intentionally manipulated, you know, whether that's, you said you had a sociopath, whether it's a sociopath, psychopath, narcissist, like the idea that they put certain things in your path that was going to trap you, like no matter what, and without having the education, the thought of understanding about it, there's no way you could have known. You can't hold yourself. You can't, you can't hold yourself in shame about that. So I've done a lot of one-on-ones with actual clinical therapists, you know, that talk to, that help people deal with narcissistic personality disorder, help survivors and victims. Yeah. I've had a, I have a few, I had a few of them, like quite a few of them. Like I've, they hopped on the zoom. I had to, I had to go Google them and they on psychology today. And there's like, and I asked them, I was like, you, you specialize in narcissism. It's on your website. And she was like, I don't know everything. She's like, if I think that I know everything, then I'd be stupid. She's like, because that's how people get caught up. You think you're too smart, or you think you're too good, or you think you're too educated on narcissists. That's when they trick you because you think you know all the red flags. You mm-hmm. think you know everything. So you you slip up. It's like, mm, is that a red flag? No, I'm too smart for that to be a red flag. And then you kind of let it slide by you and then you end up getting manipulated. You know? Right. So your your smartness can work against you sometimes. Yeah. I had one tell me the other day, she's like, when you go through school, they don't they don't educate you on this. Yeah. Like they tell you like they tell you like the overall framework, but like seeing it even in the DSM five, like seeing like, hey, these are the traits versus like how it actually comes out. She's like, they don't they don't prepare you for this. Yeah. I say do you have a do you have a different knowledge base now just based on your life and where you've been in the, the situation that you that you experience now? So now mm-hmm. if you get tricked again, then you're just like doop 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 doop, you know. Yeah, I'm talking like I said, plenty of counselors and therapists. It's kind of crazy. They all they always and I follow them. They they be commenting on my stuff now, and they'll verify. They they'll say just like, I thought I knew everything. I thought I was too smart, and I end up getting tricked because I thought I knew it all. And that person used their knowledge against me, <laughs> and they just do it, you know. But um, should you call a narc out on his lies? Mm. What's the goal? Hmm. What would be the what's the end result you're looking for? Like if you if you're on the way out the door, no, does it really matter? But if you are going to stay with that person, it just I just feel like calling them out on their lies ends in arguments and no resolution regardless. So I just feel like the the, the type of person you're dealing with matters in that situation. Hmm. You know, almost what like is, the idea too. Like if you call them out on their lies with the thought of, Hey, this is going to have a boundary. This is going to have a consequence. And I'm going to know, you know, like if I do this and they respond this way, it's going to promote like a response from me. Like if I call him out on his lies and he continues to lie, then, you know, I'm done. You know, like something like that is almost like testing the waters of like, Hey, is there going to be any aspect of remorse or change here? No, they're not, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Jenica asked one earlier and she kind of followed up of narcissist networking do we see a network of narcs supporting each other and gaslighting victims that's a new one I haven't seen that what I meant by networking was do you see a network of narcs supporting each other and gaslighting victims like me and Ben are we gaslighting you right now and <laughs> no um, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't see a, a bunch of software narcissists getting together talking about you know world domination and manipulating people like that. You know, some could it be a dark triad convention? Possibly, yeah. You know, you just never know what people. They might yeah. be a, a bunch of unaware narcissists plotting, plotting this out and things like that. You know, but I don't see a lot of software narcissists teaming up and you know, just like you know, we're gonna gaslight the world together. Just stay, stay the course. Mm, uh, this is the this is the comedy mm. lesson. I asked the people with MPD was go as far as to try and give you something like HIV to add layers. I guess maybe uh, layers of control. Uh, so a lot of narcissistic people don't believe in they, or they just risk it and don't use protection. So they will intentionally give you uh, herpes, HIV or something, uh, an STD or something incurable because they feel like, you know, why me? Why do I have to have it? Why not you? Why not Cali Boy, 421? He deserves some HIV. He's give it to you on purpose. No, knowing that they're infected and give it to you. And then when you tell them your test comes back positive, they'll be like, What? You got HIV? I need to go get tested. And they've been positive the whole time. So yeah, you gotta be you gotta be careful who you trust out here. So many people they will give you shit on purpose just to trap you. It's just like almost the equivalent of giving you a baby. You you get a, a an incurable STD. You feel like you have to be, and they convince you that you have to be with them forever. You're like, well, nobody else is going to want you. You got HIV. Nobody right. else is going to want you. Nobody else is going to want you. You got herpes. Who's going to want you now? That's how they, someone will trap you on purpose with an STD. Yes, they will do that. And I would, I would, I would say on this without like anybody putting a bonfire on me, but I would say um, with some people that have BPD that they'll actually go to the point where they're, purposely trying to do something like this in like a revenge aspect because one girl okay i'm gonna say this one person that i talked to just the other day diagnosed bpd she's been in therapy for over seven years doing some amazing work but like she had like the idea of like when when she wasn't in therapy like before that before she was self-aware and things like that she would do intentional things like i'm gonna get back at this person by sleeping with this person so like this same aspect would be like i'm gonna get back at this person by giving them something you know yeah bpd is a scary subject i'm still traumatized yeah. when everybody attacked me you. i'm telling you i'm telling you Good God, boy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there we are. What would you say, legal? What would you say, legal? Oh, Callie, well, you're good. Appreciate it. Um, How'd you guys know your wife was the one and wanted to commit to? This kind of baffles me. If narcissists are so bad, how do your wives make it work? <sighs> I know, I know, at least from my perspective, uh, right now it works because she has more love and more Jesus in her <laughs> um, to be able to put up with me. That's what I, I saw. How do I know my wife was the one? I don't know. I, like to, uh, so, uh, well, no, this is, this is, you know, that's a good question. Cause like, I just feel like she, to, to me, she gets it more than anybody else. You know what I mean? And she, to me, she survived the the craziness and the terrible version of me. So I feel like it would it would be just you know in my level of self awareness now it it'd be just awful for me to to be self aware and treat somebody else better than I treated her. So I feel like she deserves the best version of me right now that I can be, as opposed to, because she she had the worst of me. So I feel like she deserves the best of me. So I would try my hardest to make it work because I feel like she deserves that 
this version of me more than anybody else. You know what I mean? And my, you know, just even just previous people that stood in my life, even my, my even my oldest son's mom, I try to, you know, make amends to her by doing things for her to show them, like, hey, look, I, I'll do this. I'll help you. I'll do this. You know what I mean? I try because I know these people stood in my life and I don't want people to just make it seem like, oh, he, like, I don't want to give the next person everything I should have gave her, you know, <laughs> like, you know right. like most narcissistic people would, you know? Yeah. So That's awesome. That's a really good way to put it. I don't know. I don't know that I have a good answer either for, you know, how did I know like she was the one, you know, that one's, that one's to me, that's kind of a difficult one to be able to put my finger on for sure. Um, you know, for, for me, like, my wife makes it work because of the idea that she left, got her confidence and knew she didn't need me. I mean, when she left, she already had like a job lined up. Like she was moving out of state, like everything, like it was like a done deal kind of thing. And then like her, her coming back and wanting to to still be with me didn't have anything to do with her. Like saying like, Oh, she couldn't live without me. It was more or less on the idea of like, she saw that I was putting in the work yeah. and that I was changing regardless of what she was going to do. And I was going to continue changing regardless of what she was going to do. So um, for her, like the idea of like having those boundaries and, and breaking free of like that trauma bond to the point of like, you know, Hey, like he can't keep me here. And if he does anything, like I feel confident to, to leave and I don't really care. Um, yeah. Care is in like, I don't, I don't feel stuck where I'm trapped with this person. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that right there. I, would, I think my, my wife is said some very, very similar to that right there. I would. Thanks I would, so much. I would 100% agree with that though. I think she because she doesn't feel like she's trapped there. She can like, again. I don't. I don't make her feel trapped. Like, you know, she come here right now. She's like, hey, I'm leaving. Oh, man. You know, it would. It would suck. Yeah, it would. It, it would definitely suck. It would get on my nerves and anger me. But I would. <laughs> I would still go to therapy, y'all. I wouldn't become the narcissistic demon that you think I am. So trust me. You know. Right. But. It was up. Well, I feel like she doesn't feel trapped. I, I, I would agree. I think she would agree with that statement as well. What you just said that, uh, you know, Kayla said. I thought I was getting to the bottom of the comments and then I scrolled and it just like <laughs> loaded more. And so I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, we're not going to be able to get to all these tonight, guys. Sorry. Um, we're going to like <laughs> wrap up here in the next couple minutes because uh, right now we're just committing to go like nine to ten on yeah. Wednesdays uh, right now with uh our, our schedule's hectic, but mainly mine. <laughs> mainly mine as far as, like, I'm the only one, like, limiting it. Like, Leah would probably be like, hey, we can do more, but I'm just like... I know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with you. I, I don't let's say, when, I, I'll be going live with you. I've, I haven't been live on TikTok or Instagram. I, I can go live. I just don't be feeling like it unless I'm talking to you. Unless I'm vibing, you know, I just like... Right. It's just weird it's not sitting here going live, just reading comments, talking to yourself. Sometimes you're just like, hey, Lisa, thanks for your transparency, guys. Like, you know, I appreciate right, it. Right, right. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. Let them out. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm I, I've been doing I've still been making it on Thursday nights. So Wednesdays and Thursdays have been the only nights I've been going live. And I want to say last last Thursday, I feel like I was live with someone. I don't remember. I think it, it might have just been on TikTok. Yeah, I think it was just on TikTok last Thursday. So I think that's probably what I'll do tomorrow too. I don't know. I, I kind of debate going back and forth. Yeah, going going live with them on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, TikTok, TikTok is like fun to be live on. Not yeah. that like other platforms aren't as fun, but I feel like there's more people on TikTok that have known me longer mm -hmm. or seen my journey longer. Yeah, um, than there yeah is. That's, that's, that's what you got your base. That's your base. That's your, that's your, that's your you know that's right. when you get started. That's what that's what I feel. I feel like, like social media is a tree. 
and TikTok is where your roots are right now. It's like TikTok is the roots of your tree. You know, even though you do other stuff and you're branching out, you're doing big things on, you know, YouTube, you got Facebook is growing, your Instagram is, you know, growing. Um, your Instagram is going at a pretty fast rate, too, honestly. I saw it. I was like, oh, damn, like, man. <laughs> I clicked like, like 3,000. Yeah, you bought 30K. I was like, whoa. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. I honestly need to take the time and go live on that every once in a while. But I, <laughs> yeah. I haven't been live on that in forever. <laughs> I, I used to every once in a while. I, um, before I started using even like StreamYard, I used to go live on um, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at the same time. And I just go live on my on YouTube on my computer. And then I'd have like, my phone and like another phone, like set up like side by side and be talking to like all three at the same time. But I stopped doing that when I got kicked out of my Instagram on my second phone and I just never took the time to like get it back mm -hmm. in. Yeah. But yeah, there is no bottom. So who says somebody, like, oh, somebody said there is no bottom to the, to the chat. Yeah. I appreciate all y'all clicking on though. Kathleen, do you feel empathy when your daughter cries? Uh, yeah, so empathy is like my tough. Empathy is my tough thing. Do I feel? Why is she crying? First of all, you know, like, I feel like why is she crying? Is she in pain or is she just? Is this just a cry? You know, is she just like, like, you know, if she's in pain, then yeah, I feel empathy. But like, if she's just randomly crying, it's just kind of hard to get there. You know, empathy is not like not my standpoint. You know, what I mean, my wife's uh, her, her, my father-in-law, his dad just passed away. I'm just like, man, it sucks. But I'm just like. I gotta, you know, send a message and just like, hey, sorry for your loss. I'm just like, it is, it's still hard to connect to that, y'all, because it's not my loss personally, you know. Right. So, it's like, it's like cognitive empathy. Yeah, I get it. You know, that's what I tell people. I, I get it, but it's still hard to connect with them. Vicky, hey, good to see you. Sorry, you're just missing the the most of it, but you can watch it on a. It'll be on YouTube. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, I think a lot of it is like cognitive empathy. So like uh, probably like the best example I have is um, Sophia. It's probably like a couple of weeks ago now. Um, she was trying to open up like the guest room door and like she was like struggling with the doorknob. And so I like, got frustrated. And so she just kind of like reared back and like hit her head into the door. And then she like started crying. And like my first response was like, well, what'd you expect? You know? And my wife was like, no, that's not very empathetic. And I'm like, okay. You know? But I'm just like, you know, you hit your head in the door like you're gonna cry, you know. But you know, so there's a we're, there, we're still work in progress. Yeah, so. it's, 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 it's still a it's, it's it literally is. You know what I mean? It really is work in progress. Like I said, that's that's see that's that so honestly, I know self awareness can bring pain, it can bring suffering, it can just bring annoyance. But like, I just feel like there's to me, there's always something to look forward to, like the growth. You know, it's it's a it's literally a journey. I'm telling people on my one on ones, I was like. It's a healing journey, you know. It's like one step, in, one foot in front of the other. It's not a destination. You can't get there. You can't fly there. You can't, damn, you know. Hey, one, one ticket to healing, please. You know, you can't do that. You know, you have to go there. You have to travel there. You know, right. and everybody's journey is going to be different. Everybody's at different walks of life. Everybody comes from different places. You, it's one foot in front of the other. Sometimes it's baby steps. It takes you longer to get there. You know, you might have a size, you know, four shoe. You know, it'll take you longer to get there than somebody with a size 15 has got long strides. Take your time, heal. And like I said, and some, some people say enjoy the journey. Like, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy this pain. I'm not talking about the pain. I'm talking about the growth. You know, mm -hmm. you know the result, the result of the pain is growth. It's just like you working out. 
you know, the result, the, the result of the pain can either be an, a, a huge scar across your chest or it can be a huge muscle from working out. You know what I mean? What do you feel like? You know, how you look at it? How you feel? It? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Anyways, all right. I'm going to I'm gonna wrap this up here. Thank you all so much for popping on and watching. Sorry we couldn't get to a lot of all the questions. There was a lot of questions that popped up. So sorry we couldn't get to all those. I know there's a bunch, but we can get on this. We're gonna get a third person in here or something like that. You know, we go, we, we gotta get somebody here to, to, to mediate it. We, go, we, we we we're getting better, guy. We're gonna learn this thing and get this. We're getting there. I actually did I, I totally forgot. I literally um I literally texted Bree like right before we got on. I was like, oh crap, I forgot because I actually was sending her an email to um with StreamYard. You can bring someone in on a team. Um, you can bring like one extra person. So like my login, I can bring one extra person. So I actually was talking to her to be able to set it up where I can bring her on as a team and she could co-host and basically be the person in the background and clicking all the buttons to oh, okay, cool. That's cool. Okay. That might make it a little bit faster. We should do it. We should do like uh too bad we can't put like a timer on the screen. We should do like speed rounds. Yeah, we 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 we're gonna get better at this, y'all. We gonna hone it down. Yeah, y'all be like, hey, I remember when they first got started. This shit was it was just rough. They they answered a lot of questions, but it was rough. <laughs> the, the first live, we probably answered like six questions total. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, get cluster B milkshake. Oh, Sarah, I, I gotta hit Sarah up. I, I, she be going live sporadically. I will be seeing Sarah live on here. Just get yeah. some things on here, and yeah. Some, were your kids informed about your diagnosis or taught to navigate, avoid being gaslit? So my son is like my oldest son. He's always around me. So he see he follows me on TikTok and stuff like that. You know, he sees me when I'm in public. Like we, we were literally walking in the food line the other day and somebody's like, hey, you know, that guy from TikTok. And he was like, yeah, this, this is mental illness. So he he follows my stuff. Yeah, he sees it. He knows. All, he, he sees he sees the work that I'm putting in. Yeah. So, yeah, mm -hmm. we're trying. We, the only yeah. thing you can do is try. Awesome. No. Well, thank you, everybody. So um, uh, if you want, uh, if you guys don't follow us, obviously follow us. Um, but Lee and myself, we both have uh, one-on-ones. Uh, we talk to people to help like either provide closure or to help work through some of the traumatic events. Uh, we're not psychologists. We're not therapists. We're just people on here sharing our story, trying to help out the best we can. So if you guys don't follow on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that jazz, we're all over the place. So yeah. But yeah, LinkedIn awesome. too. Ben's on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn too, but it's not. No, you know, my LinkedIn yeah. is kind of sporadic. It's like it's, really. It's very, it's very new. It's very new. So we're, we're getting there, <laughs> little by little. Anyways, thank y'all. Y'all have a great night. Um, if you guys are around tomorrow night, I'll be going live tomorrow night. Uh, at least on TikTok. I'm not sure about all the others, but we'll see. Yeah. Tomorrow night, I'll be live. I might be live too, y'all. We'll, we'll we'll see, y'all. I'll be going live sporadically. I, my my, I, ha I have to get my schedule down, right? It's coming right. soon. I got my I got my remarkable too. Thanks to Ben. Um, but <laughs> yeah. cool, cool. All right, y'all have a good night. I right, appreciate it, y'all. All right, Ben, man. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. I love interacting with different people. If you're interested, reach out to me sometime through my website, Raw Motivations. Would love to interact with you. Either send us a message there, uh, schedule a one-on-one -on -one so I can talk to you and try to work with you through whatever whatever you're going through on life. You know, Whether that's a relationship, uh, narcissism, uh, whether that's just life trying to get from one step to the other and trying to figure out how do I break out of this mind fog of what's going on. Would love to talk to you more. 
We'd love to see you guys reach out and comment and like on different things. We've got Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We'd love to see interactions there. And as you're listening to this, like go ahead and rate us. Give us a couple of ratings just to help promote this message to other people so other people can have positivity in their lives as we're trying to grow, change, and help other people find that awareness as well. Thank you.